Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. So, have you been thinking on this, what we've seen the last couple episodes? Huh? Have you been thinking about how the gospel came to the church in Thessalonica, to the people in Thessalonica. Remember, Paul and his entourage arrives there after being beaten and imprisoned. So they would have been quite bruised. I think there would have been evidence of what they'd been through. And here they come bebopping into the synagogue of the Jews, and they explain and give evidence that Christ, the Messiah, had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And they did this for three Sabbaths. They reasoned with them for three Sabbaths. So they could have been there uh, just a little over two weeks. Okay, they weren't in town a long time. And to me, that's just, that just strikes me so much when we get on later in the letters because of the depth of what Paul was explaining to them from the Scriptures, what he was saying from the Scriptures. And so he proclaimed to them that this Jesus is the Christ because Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So we saw that some people believe it. I believe some of the Jews believe the Jewish men. They joined with Paul and Silas. We saw that a large number of the God-fearing Greeks believed and a number of the leading women believed. But then we also saw that with this belief, with this explosion of understanding that Messiah has come, that the Jews became jealous and the Jews, that phrase of the Jews, uh, speaks uh, to the religionists, those that are in religious power, also those that follow them. Okay? They became jealous, and they went out into the marketplace, and they hired some wicked men, and they formed a mob, and they set the whole city in the uproar. Then they went and attacked the house of Jason. That's where we're going to pick up here in verse 5. They began attacking the house of Jason, and they were seeking to bring them out to the people. And so apparently uh, Jason had given quarter to Paul and his entourage. Verse 6 says this, When they did not find them, they began dragging Jason and some brethren before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have upset the world have come here also. <laughs> Don't you love the hyperbole? But I love the truth of the hyperbole. Okay? And this is something I want us to grab a hold of. If you don't hear anything else today, this is what we need to hear. Where is the body of Christ living the kingdom, functioning in the way that the Lord has designed us to, to where the world will accuse us of this? What was the accusation? These men who have upset the world have come here also. One translation, it might be the King James, says these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. I mean, that's what we are to be doing, folks, not in the malicious, ill-intended type of way. No, 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 no. But we are to be turning the world upside down with the truth of the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul did it by bringing it from the Old Testament. We have the Old and the New Testament. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the body of Christ. These men had turned and literally had turned the world upside down. They turned their Jewish world upside down to such a degree that they went out and hired people to come in and to create an uproar within the city, a political uproar. And so they're now saying these men who have turned the world upside down, upset the world, have come here, and Jason has welcomed them. And they all act contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. Well, the decrees of Caesar was that Caesar is king, right? 
And you notice uh, the large blanket that's thrown over everything. All of them have acted contrary. All of them are saying there's another king. No, no, no. What he was declaring was that the Lord Jesus Christ was Messiah. They were coming along and saying, well, you're saying that he's king <coughs> and that uh, Caesar's not king. Well, obviously, in one sense, he's not. The Caesar and the pharaohs of the world are not the kings, okay? There is but one King Jesus. But they were using political expediency here to try to do away with this truth that was coming in. So what was the response of all this? Verse 8, they stirred up the crowd and the city authorities who heard these things. So the crowd, the mobs were being stirred up. The authorities were being stirred up. Folks, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Okay, to get a mob behind something, okay? And you can see it in the political landscape of the land today, whether you live in the States or you live on the other side of the world. It's the same type of thing. It's the same process. It's the same procedure of, of lying, of just stirring people up and getting one set against another. And I see it among believers. I see some really, really, uh, uh, I've got some friends who are godly people, okay? They are true believers, and yet they are so absolutely deceived, so absolutely deceived when it comes to political things that you can't even reason with them. You can't even talk with them. You know, what I want to really say is this. I want to say, hey, you know, I am not going to support someone who started and supported the Ku Klux Klan all through the years. I'm not going to support a group that voted against every civil rights legislation that there was in the 1960s. I am not going to support a group that literally stood in the doorway and said, because of the melanin level of your skin pigmentation, I'm not allow you to go to school here. I'm not going to support a group that sits there, and I'm from the Deep South, and this is all going on when, uh, when I was a child and a teenager and stuff. I'm not going to sit there when Bull Connor and his like in Birmingham, Alabama, were beating people. And yet all these people today are, are, very, are part of that organization. They're part of that group. They've been lied to. They've been deceived. They want to believe that, well, they said it on the news, so it must be right. And they're believing just forthright lies, and yet they refuse to go see what the truth is. That's what was happening right here. The crowd was being stirred up. The city authorities were being stirred up. So what they did, they came to Jason, verse 9 tells us, and said, and when they'd received a pledge from Jason and the others, they released them. So Jason and the brethren, so the brethren, that's the idea. These were the ones that believed, okay, that they took money from them, okay? They said, we we'll receive a pledge from you, and as soon as we get these guys, we'll give you your money back. They took the pledge, and they released them. They hadn't done anything. They were looking for Paul and Silas. Well, verse 10 tells us, the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. You know, I wonder if they lost their pledge. I bet they did. You know, it's a lot like when we uh, get somebody out of uh, jail on bail. If you pay for that, what you're saying is I'm putting this money down right here, and I'm going to guarantee and promise that they're going to show up at their court date. Okay? If they don't show up at the court date, you lose your money. <coughs> Same way right here. I have a suspicion that they lost their money, but they didn't care because they were more concerned about Paul and Silas. So the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away uh, by night to Berea. And when they arrived, where did they go? They arrived in Berea. They went into the synagogue of the Jews. <laughs> Remember what it said? That was Paul's habit to do this. Now, let me just read these next three verses real quick. Verse 11. Now, those or these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. In other words, the Jews in that synagogue in Berea were more 
noble-minded. They, they wanted to know the truth. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things are so or were so. Therefore, many of them, along with a number of prominent Greek women and men, believed. Isn't that great? They don't back off at all. Even though they'd gotten in trouble, even though they had to be hit, even though they got run out of town, Thessalonica, they were able to bring forth the gospel over three Sabbaths, and then they literally were escorted out of town by the believers because of the threats against their lives. They go to the next town. They go to the synagogue again. But this time, these folks did what? They received the word with eagerness, and they examined the scripture to see whether these things were so. They took the word of the scripture, the Old Testament this time, from what Paul said, and they examined it to see if it were so. They found out it was so. They believed a lot of, many of them did. See, remember there was just some in Thessalonica, but many believed. And then along with a number of prominent Greek women and men. And you think, oh, this is great. There's no problem. Let me read the first part of verse 13. We're totally out of time. But when the Jews of Thessalonica found out that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Berea also, they came there as well, agitating the stern of the crowds. This is what happens so often. We'll check this out the next time, okay? Again, I'm Dale. See you then.